Mic check. Sorry, I'm a couple days late. Alright? I apologize. But, admittedly, it's been a weird couple days, alright? I warned you guys that I wasn't going to be able to come out with the new mic check for, uh, you know, a day or two just because I wanted to digest all of the stuff that's been happening the last couple days. I don't know how long this episode is going to be. I'm hoping it's not super fucking long, but who knows? Once I start fucking rambling about this shit, it tends to fucking go. So we'll see. If you look and you see that this episode is only 20 minutes long, well, clearly something is fucking wrong. Um, but I do not want to talk for the next two hours or some shit. I want to be lazy. I want to chill. I want to play fucking Honey Pop, you know? What else, what else could you do on a Monday evening when I'm recording this? Guys, a lot of music has come out in recent times. Um, in the last, like, two weeks, I've gotten, like, eight new CDs or some shit. Something like that. I don't know. I'm looking at the stuff I grabbed uh, right here. And some of the stuff I've been able to listen to at least once. Some of it has been multiple times. I got the finally it got fucking repressed. Uh, read his EP No Free Tickets, which is the first thing that I had ever like gotten something from him before. I there's a track with Madrox on there. It's pretty good. Um, I had like paid for that download a long time ago, but there's physical copies on Magic Ninja's site now, which is pretty cool. But in the span of like two days, I ended up getting four CDs like all at the same time. And uh, I got the Buckshot Night of the Zombie. I got Tech's new album, Asinine. I got Oh, the Horror Meets Blaze. And I got the new Gmo Ski, the Filth Element. Guys, I was fucking waiting for that Gmo album for a month and a fucking half. Like, I tweeted about it, like, just kind of joking of, like, Wow, it's just kind of funny that, like, you know, I got tracking and it never went anywhere. And Gmo fucking responded and he was, like, kind of salty. <laughs> I guess it was just, like, how I worded it. And I was like, dude, I wasn't, like, knocking you. I understand, like, this shit happens, but, like, chill. I didn't say anything to him after that. I fucking reached out to the people who, you know, send the shit and they were like, we're really sorry. Um, we've been having a lot of issues with uh, that post office, so unfortunately we think that it might have gotten lost. We're going to send you a new one, um, you know, first thing in the morning. And they did, and it showed up like a couple days later, which was really, really cool. So good job to, to that group. I only got to listen to that album once, unfortunately, the new Gmo album, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I kind of was getting a bit worried with Gmo. I didn't care for um, Charlie and the Filth Factory um, that much, mostly because of the skits. I didn't need all of that stuff, and I thought the story was just way too loose to really enjoy. The song Mad Hatter from there was like one of my fave Gmo songs in general, but just the rest of the album just wasn't really doing it for me. Um, and even 8-Bit Filth wasn't really 
much, but I it's been a long time since I've listened to that, so maybe I would enjoy it more now. But this one is really fucking good. I think that it's a, a solid fucking record. It really messed with me whenever I was trying to think. I was like, one of these songs, I feel like I've heard it before. And it's the second to last song was actually featured on the Magic Ninja compilation, the songs to smoke to. Uh, the song Can't Fuck With It. I was like, wow, that's really weird. Like, I didn't expect that to get reused. I'm glad it did, though, because it's a cool song. And the Songs to Smoke To compilation is really good. If you guys haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. Because um, it's got some fucking banging-ass tracks on there. But Gmo, kudos. The new record, really fucking solid. I I don't think there was anything that I would have skipped. Um, so I'm hoping I, I go back to it sometime soon uh, to, to give it more um, more credit. Blaze meets uh, Oh the Horror. I'm sorry, Oh the Horror meets Blaze. <laughs> I just found out that they are actually making at least one music video for that. Um, and it is the song Dream, which is Death Rolls Everything Around Me. I saw on Instagram that they were filming a video. All four members were there. And it looks like it's an on-site thing. They're not doing like green screen or whatever. They I saw they were in, like, in an alley um, recording something. So that's really cool. It's... It's not a bad uh, EP. Um, I like the fact that we're actually getting collaborative stuff um, with the members of Magic Ninja. And I'm curious, like, where this concept came up. Like, I don't know if maybe, you know, George or Twisted was like, hey, you guys should do something. Or, you know... If Oh the Horror reached out to Blaze and said, "Hey, would you like to try and do this with us?" or vice versa, maybe Blaze was like, "Yo, I dig what these guys are doing. Let's let's link up." Whatever the case was, it's an interesting concept. I don't say that it's like flawless because it's not, but Blaze, we've heard him rap over like heavy stuff in the past, and you can't say that we haven't. You know, there's some stuff on. One less G that is like heavy. So I think that Oh the Horror is a talented group. I look forward to seeing, you know, their growth. But it's interesting because musically, the stuff on this sounds a bit closer to what was on the first album and not 1692, which I was more of a fan of. But regardless, it's a fairly quick album. It's worth, you know, giving a listen to and, and you know, seeing what you like. Um, but not bad. I also want to point out, I don't think that I talked about this on my last mic check. If I did, I'm very sorry, and you can skip ahead. Um, I cannot fucking focus for the life of me, so I apologize. I never re-listened to my mic checks. They kind of just happen, and then I kind of purge it from my memory. <laughs> so I apologize if I talked about this stuff already, but hey, that's, that's life, okay? Um, Buckshot, uh, with Night of the Zombie. I think it it's pretty standard fare for Buckshot. Now, I do have the version that was from Hallow Bleed, which had more songs on it. So the standard version only has um, six tracks, um, with the final one being a big, uh, like, huge fucking posse cut, which Buck tends to get a lot of, like, heavy hitters from the underground on this. And I only know about half the people that are on this. Um... But, I mean, it's it's a fucking who's who. Uh, that said, 
all the standard tracks, it's, I don't want to say your typical Buckshot project, but you know what you're getting with Buckshot. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's actually reassuring. Um, he doesn't have to try and surprise you um, by going like off the, the, the rails from what you're used to. So I actually really like Buckshot because of that. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to uh, put on a Buck record and expect that I'm going to hear, you know, chopping or something like that. Buck has really found the style that he is comfortable doing, especially within the horrorcore genre. And I actually really like that. So I have no qualms with that. But interestingly enough, one of my favorite songs on here doesn't even have Buck. Um, it's a bonus track, which is, I think, available for streaming now um, on its own. And it's the Boondocks song uh, that features Scribble. It's called Pitchforks. It is so fucking good. It legit makes me think that it's a song that, if it was made back then, it could have been on The Harvest, could have been on um, Crimson Creek. It It has the boondocks style fucking nailed down and i love it it's it's for how much i enjoyed crimson crow last year um this is a track that would have stood out amazingly well and that record was fantastic but this would have been like a big like holy shit he can still do this kind of 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 stuff um but yeah, I think that this is still a very cool record. Um, hearing some of the other people that are on here, because a lot of the bonus tracks that are on here, there's like five bonus tracks. Um, I've never heard of some of the people on here. I've never heard of Cody Manson, who I think, I, I don't even think that they're, they did rap. I think it's just an instrumental song, so maybe that's the kind of record they are, or the rap uh, artist they are, sorry. Um, but there was also a Ritual of Ether. I've never heard of them. Uh, their track, See You Next Time, I thought was really cool. Um, they were also featured on the the Big Posse Cut song 13. Um, I can't even remember how long that song is, but it's pretty fucking long. <laughs> that tends to be the case with these Posse Cuts. But go ahead and check uh, check that out. Like I said, the track uh, Pitchforks by Boondocks and Scribble, I think that that's just a single that you can listen to um, on streaming. I think also uh, there's a shirt that Buck sells on, um, on Mob Shop, and you can actually get a copy of the single, like a physical copy, so... Um, the shirt is really fucking cool. I just can't get it right now because I get way too many fucking shirts. <laughs> I'm running out of space. I gotta get rid of some old shirts. Anybody want some large shirts? Just, just, just fucking. You pay for shipping. I'll send you some large shirts that are a couple of years old. <laughs> I also point out that the case for that is not your typical CD case. It's kind of like half of an Xbox game case, and I'm just like. I kind of like it because um, those are actually a little bit easier to get the CDs out of. I get very, very nervous sometimes about taking a CD out of a CD case because one time, this is honestly, honest goodness happened, I bought the soundtrack for Aladdin, uh, the Disney uh, live-action re-release. They're not re-release, but the, the live-action one that came out a couple years back. I went to Walmart, bought the Aladdin soundtrack, went home, and I went to pop it out, and I broke the disc in half. I'm like, fucking how, man? 
And I went right back and I was like, uh, it broke. <laughs> and so I got a new one. But ever since then, I get very fucking nervous when I'm taking out a CD from a CD case. Like, I gotta, like, you know, gotta, like, inch it. You know, you gotta, you gotta be very gentle. You know, you gotta rub it just the right way so that it loosens up for you. Oh, that sounds fucking <laughs> That sounds terrible. <laughs> Tech 9's Asinine uh, is probably my favorite Tech 9 record in a long time. It is not my favorite. It is not. However, for some reason, this album sticks out more than probably the last five years worth of records from Tech. Um... I don't know what it is. I'm I'm not sure why. Just for some reason, I I always get excited when a new Tech Nine record comes out. But for some reason, a lot of them, the finished product does not resonate with me. And I wish I knew why. And I I I, I, just, I don't I don't know. I never find out. The last one that really like I could tell you, oh, this song was on this was probably special effects. And that's because I listened to that record a lot. And that's not even my favorite. It's not even the one that I think was the last really fucking good one. That that's something else. Um most of tech stuff that's come out ever since just seems like it's churned out. It's like tech has so many ideas of words that he can say in a you know specific cadence very fast which is a fucking talent do not get me wrong i'm not saying that what tech nine does is easy not at all the problem is is saying something of substance every now and then tech nine can come up with stuff that sounds very very profound stuff that he obviously has very strong feelings on we have some of that here um there is a track on here that oh my god it's it's one of my favorites and it took me a minute to really get what it was but the track what rhymes with threat will kill you holy shit it reminds me of tracks like uh burn the world from something else uh fire and ac which was from was that seepage i think i can't quite remember i think it was seepage uh, those tracks where he is basically going off on specific people or, or groups of people, those ones stand out to me a lot, and I really like it. And this one goes fucking hard. Um, but one thing that I that I noticed, and, and most of the tracks on here are very fucking solid, and he has, unfortunately we're getting to a point with Tech where even his albums that aren't collabos albums are albums that feature a, a very high amount of collaborations. And there's times where I wish that we were dialing that back. Like Nina, there was only a, what, I think eight songs that had features? No, give me, you know, just a couple songs that have the stable. We don't need that many. It's one thing whenever you had a track that has Chris Calico on it, but, you know, he's just doing background vocals or something. We didn't really consider that a feature unless it was doing a full verse or something. I don't need this 17-track album to have... 14 songs with guest features you know it's it's not needed but granted most of them are really fucking good i i won't i won't lie i mean god i i'm not even a huge fan of lil wayne and he has a fucking guest verse on here it's pretty goddamn good um the the, the biggest tracks for me 
if I'm just if I'm immediately thinking it, like what rhymes with it will kill you. It was was massive. The final track, special. That one was like kind of inspirational. I like that one a lot. Clydesdale is a song that features E40, and it is your typical Tech Nine and E40 song, and I love it. And I'm just finding that I'm pretty much going to be a fan of anything that Tech Nine has that features E40. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's so good because it reminds me of Jelly Sickle. It reminds me of No K. Like it is a fucking great song. But we're not. We're, we're we're disregarding easily the most popular song, quite possibly the most popular song that Tech Nine has ever, ever fucking come out with, and that is Face Off featuring Joey Cool, King Iso, and Dwayne the motherfucking Rock Johnson. Yes, I know I'm a little bit late on this, but it was not lost to me. I remember seeing, it was either on TikTok or Instagram, when it, when The Rock first fucking posted it, that video of him like working out and you hearing him, and it's like, I'm sorry, fucking what? Yeah, that track goes hard. And, okay, it's it's not, this is common knowledge, right? Like, Tech wrote that for him, right? We know that he did. We can say that. Tech wrote that Dwayne practiced the fuck out of it, and then he did it, okay? And you know what? That's fine. I don't fucking care. Because guess what? The Rock fucking wrapped his ass off on a goddamn Tech 9 song, and it was badass! I am not anticipating The Rock coming out with his own solo record anytime soon. But we know that The Rock can sing. You know, hell, he can kind of rap. We already knew he could do that, too. Y'all fucking watch Moana? God damn, you're welcome as a fucking bop. I did that at karaoke before. Man, I should fucking do that for my band now. There's no guitar. We can probably find a way to add that in. Huh. I've listened to that song a lot, though. <laughs> like, I, I, no shame. I love that fucking track. It's great. But Tech, I think that this is a step in the right direction. I don't even know what direction I'm... I'm hoping for but planet did not do it for me um the storm did not do it for me what else was there enter fear didn't really do it for me and unfortunately i never heard more fear or fear excess because for some fucking reason strange refuses to put them out physically i don't understand why this makes no sense to me they released a fucking ep the uh blight ep right Back in June, I didn't even know it was a physical release until I ordered Asinine, okay? But you're telling me that you can have a physical release of this EP, which I still haven't listened to yet. I need to get there. I, I promise I will. You release a physical copy of that, but you don't release physical copies of essentially supplemental records to your full length, one of which has a track with Hobson and fucking Corey Taylor. What? Which, by the way, if if anybody pays attention on TikTok, that track fucking blew up because of people who didn't realize that Corey Taylor could rap. Like, his rap on, uh, what's the song? Bitch Slap. People are like, what the fuck? Corey Taylor can rap? Clearly, people who didn't know that never listened to Slipknot's first fucking record. But I, I don't understand why that, which, honestly, people would buy it. Uh, like... <sighs> I get it. Being an independent artist is, is going to be rough because there's only so much that you can do. There's only so much that you're able to put out. But I'm sorry, but Tech, if you are releasing physical albums 
and you're signing all these, you know how many people are buying your records, fucking release the shit physically. I understand whenever you're putting out the little, you know, four-track EPs that are basically samplers of what's going to be on the full album. Okay, I don't really agree with it, but I get it. It's the digital age. It is how you get streams. It's how you make your revenue. I understand that. Okay. It's one thing if you're doing that to promote the next album. Because guess what? Those listens that you get from there, those count towards total album streams. It makes sense. I understand that. But whenever you are having the stuff that you've made after your main album, but you're not putting that out on a physical scale to a demographic who will buy it, I have mentioned it more than once on Tech Nine's posts, and I'm not the only person who wants them, okay? Now, yes, I know not everybody's going to buy the physical copies, but it's definitely alienating a set of people who are collectors of the physical medium and want that stuff, you know? Like, we know that Strange can do it, and for some reason they just don't. And it bothers me. It really does. Because there's probably songs that are on there that I would really like, but because I don't actively listen to streaming media, I miss out. And that's on me. I understand that. But, again, there is clearly a demographic of people who will buy the physical stuff because they want to. Moving on to the more recent stuff. On, uh, what day was it? Might have been Friday, I think. Friday or Saturday? Uh, you know what? I think it was Saturday. I think. I received a package from Twisted Shop. I got my copy of Haunted Record Player. It smells like pumpkin spice. <laughs> it really does, though. Apparently, um, this CD is available at regular stores. You don't have to just buy it on Twisted Shop. Um, I was at my local FYE, and they had it in stock, which I was very surprised. They have not really been carrying a lot of newer stuff. And unfortunately, I mean, just, just to, you know, unfortunately go back on what I just said. Yes, physical media is dying, but my FYE is, God, I remember when my FYE used to have like four like massive fucking rows of CDs, like back to back of, of CDs. So four rows, so essentially eight rows of CDs. And now they have like two total and it's very sad. So I was very surprised to see this. And I don't know if I like this more than last year's uh, Songs of Sam Hain, but it does have some great tracks on here. Um, I think that this, the regular Twisted stuff on the first album I might have liked better. Like there was that, uh, what was it, Nine Pound Hammer? I think I, I was a track on there. I really liked that one. This is good, though. And I appreciate the fact that we are getting a little bit of diversity on here. The biggest selling points, obviously, were the fact that you got House of Crazy songs and Venomous 5 songs. Um, however, my favorite song on here, I think, I would have to, to really rethink it, but I'm pretty sure that my favorite track on here is actually track 3, um, which is called Go Out. It features Jamie Madrox, Blaze, Gibby Sites, and Boondocks. And... Part of it is definitely the instrumental. It's a fucking rocking instrumental, like, consistent beat. I just enjoy it. It's a track of, like, it would be on, like, a workout playlist. It's one of those songs. Um, 
there's another track that three of those guys are on. Um, so Blaze, Jamie, and Boondocks called Sing It. And Jamie can sing. And I like the singing that he did on Unlikely Prescription. As I've said, I fucking love that record. However, for some reason, his singing, which is, he mostly just sings in the chorus. The rest of it is pretty much just rap. His singing in the chorus seems so, like, not in tune with what the music is. And that just kind of irks me. Because he's fucking singing his heart out, I can tell. But it just doesn't work. Um, I mean, the verses are fine. But um, we already had the one track be released uh, a few weeks ago called Halloween Treat, which was Twisted Know the Horror. And I remember not caring for that song back then. But... I actually like sat and listened to the lyrics and I'm like, Oh no, this song is actually pretty funny. Um, cause it's, it's, it's about, it's about girls. Girl, you're, you're my Halloween treat. <laughs> so dumb, <laughs> but I like it. But again, the standout, uh, tracks that people are going to talk about are the house of crazy ones and the venomous five ones. And mostly people are talking about the venomous five ones. Now, I was originally really mad about one of these tracks. And it was the final one called Quarantine. And it made me mad because it is Twisted and Lee Carver. And that's it. And Lee just does the hook. It is two Twisted verses, Lee on the hook, and that's it. And that really made me mad. I was like, well, that's bullshit. Why are you even calling it a Venomous 5 track? If that's a Venomous 5 track, what about the song that was on... Um, Electric Lettuce that was Twisted featuring Lee Carver. That's a, a, a Venomous 5 song. And it took talking to Robbie about it to say, he, he explained this in a way that made me reevaluate it. And he was like, this is actually probably a good thing because it does change up the concept of something like Dark Lotus where everybody's featured on every track. Which there's only a few Dark Lotus songs that really deviate from that. Everything pretty much after Tales from the Lotus Pod features basically everybody on every track in pretty much the same amount of like time on each track. Um, Tales from the Lotus Pod's a weird one just because of the, the stilted production of it. But it kind of turns it on its head to where you don't have to now consider like, oh, well, you know, this song has blank and blank on verse one and then blank and blank on verse two and blank and blank on verse three. Where that was the consistent thing for the majority of Lotus, this might not have that. We might not have to worry about that on the actual Venomous 5 record, which at this point still does not have a release date. However, some uh, people doing some looking in on their uh, Camp Zool tickets, I think it was the Camp Zool tickets, um, there might be something V5 related there. So who knows? I think it was for Camp Zool. Um, I don't think it was anything regarding the drive-in that just happened um, this past uh, weekend. And we had the, the Axe drive-in, on Friday, you had Fright Fest on Saturday, and you had Hallow Wicked on um, on Sunday. A lot of shit happened this past weekend. A lot of shit happened in October, man. But anyways, Haunted Record Player is solid. I don't know if I like it more than um, 
the first songs of Sam Hain, I'd probably have to listen to them back to back to figure it out. But it is cool that we are still getting more consistent music from Magic Ninja and fucking Twisted are spoiling us. Like we're getting spoiled with music from Emini than we like we were, you know, fucking fifteen years ago. And I can say that I've been around for that long now. <laughs> I mean, shit. You look uh, one of the the most probably prolific years of Psychopathic's history was in two thousand five, where I think they had eight records from their artists release, or just eight total. Um, Magic Ninja does that like fairly consistently, and I mean, you you kind of have to in this day and age. You need to you know earn some fucking money. So that's what they got to do. But it's just interesting that, um, you know, we're getting such consistency out of, you know, just this label in general, I think. I, I'm i not saying that this this is not better than Unlock, Unlock the Prescription. That, that album is just, it's too fucking good. Um, and I'm not saying... Me liking Unlikely Prescription so much does not mean that I don't want Twisted to. Um, it doesn't mean that I that I hope Twisted to stop rapping, because I want Twisted to rap because they can fucking rap. Like I guess part of it is like, oh man, I kind of wish like we got more production that sounded more like mid to late two thousands as opposed to you know the current stuff that a lot of people tend to rap on, but you know, the rock stuff that I really enjoy was so different for them and they did it so fucking well on basically try number two. I guess we'll say try three because you had the first mutant album, then you had Generation Nightmare and then this. So this is the third try. You know, I can't wait for the next album to come out because it's going to be another rock album, but they, they're they not going to exclusively do rock from now on. There's no fucking way. That would be the worst, you know, thing for them to do. At least in my opinion. Not because I think that they're bad at it. Because I think that a lot of the diehard people will just totally reject them from then on out. And, I mean, if that's how they want to be as fair with their fans, then so be it. That's on them. But I don't I don't want people to stop listening to Twisted. I want people to enjoy them. So, let's move on to the album that everybody has on their minds. And, um... Man, did I get fucking slapped upside my goddamn head for the new Limp Bizkit record. Yeah, motherfuckers. The fuck you think I was going to talk about? Limp Bizkit just fucking released a record on fucking Halloween. It's called Limp Bizkit. Still sucks. 12 songs, 32 minutes long. I'm not fucking kidding. And if it's not the best goddamn record that they've released in 20 fucking years, get the fuck out of here. I'm not even kidding. I'm not fucking kidding. This new Limp Bizkit record, I listened to it right uh, like right after midnight. And it is so fucking good. I listened to it uh, earlier, actually, whenever I was doing the drawing for uh, the Unlikely Prescription Bundle. Shout out to uh, to listener Dustin for winning. I will send that out in a couple days or so. Whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, new Limp Bizkit record. I am a fucking fan of Limp Bizkit. Um... And this sounds like you took Limp Bizkit from 2001. You transported them to today. You gave them better technology and you said, hey, you know those kinds of records that you like making? 
make one. And they said, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> it's a Limp Bizkit record. It sounds just like a fucking Limp Bizkit record. This sounds like Significant Other and uh, and Chocolate Starfish. It sounds like the best of, of both of those. Okay. You got some fucking solid new metal. Okay. Wes is going fucking nuts. DJ Lethal's going fucking nuts. Fred Durst going fucking nuts. It's so fucking good. And then and then Fred gets his 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 Moody Boys. There's like three Moody Boys in here, and they're all good. The final track, the final fucking track called Goodbye. Oh my god. It it's so it's like oh, I love it. I fucking love it. I want to actually cover that song. I should ask my 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 band if we can cover it. It's so fucking good. But like the actual like heavy new metal stuff, I'm not kidding. It does sound like you took the same shit they were making and just said like, hey, here's a topic for you to to go off on or whatever or, you know, give your thoughts on or whatever the fuck. And they were doing it. It's so good. Like we heard Dad Vibes, um, what, like a month ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Dad Vibes was a fucking cool song. And most of the other stuff that is still the new metal stuff is following those same, like the same kind of of patterns and whatnot that they perfected 20 years ago. And don't get me wrong, I like Chocolate Starfish. I like Significant Other. I need to re-listen to Three Dollar Bill, y'all, because earlier on that was a little bit too like raw for me. So I need to give it, you know, a, a little bit more love and attention. But there's aspects of results may vary that I really enjoy, and I think that. No, it's not as good a record as the other ones, but there are definitely songs in there that need to be, like, celebrated, okay? And not just the singles, not just Eat You Alive or um, Behind Blue Eyes, but, like, uh, Kramer, Radio Is Dead, great song. Uh, Red Light, Green Light is so fucking dumb, but I love it. Um, Down Another Day is a good song. Like, there is some great stuff on that record. It's just... Unfortunately, it was a, you know, it, it's, it's, came after 9-11. Uh, it's, it's, you know, after, you know, the party's over. Like, new Metal was, was at the decline at that point, unfortunately. And, you know, we had The Unquestionable Truth, which, admittedly, I haven't listened to. I don't remember if I haven't listened to it or if it's just I haven't listened to it in fucking forever. But we had Gold Cobra. Ten years ago, Gold, Gold Cobra came back. First album with everybody back. And little glimpse of, 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 you know, the return to form back then. And then it just didn't happen. And then at one point, Lip Biscuit was on fucking Cash Money Records. Anybody remember that? They were on Cash Money. They released like three songs on Cash Money. They were featured. <laughs> they were featured on other people's albums as Cash Money artists. <laughs> they had a song, I think it was called Ready, Set. Tell the Ready Set or Ready Set Go, I think. Features Lil Wayne on it. And I remember hearing this song back then. I'm like, this song is great. And then Lil Wayne come on. And I'm like, fuck this song. It's not good now. They were featured on uh, a Kevin Rudolph song. They were featured on the Rich Gang album, which there is a song on there. I'm not kidding. This is fucking great. I think it's on the, the deluxe album, but go ahead and listen to it. It's called Sunshine. It is. It says Limp Biscuit, but it's just Fred. Fred Durst. Caskey. Uh, Flo Rida and uh, 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 fuck uh, what's his name god damn it 
motherfucking Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's dad. What the fuck? Why can't I remember his fucking name? Holy shit! Do I really gotta? Do I gotta fucking do this live? Do I gotta fucking look it up? What the fuck? Um, I'm stalling for time right now. Holy shit! This is fucking terrible. Just fucking end me right now. My God, Birdman! Holy fuck! I'm a Okay, I don't claim to be a rap historian. Don't fucking kill me, please. How many people were were like yelling at me for not knowing who the fuck it was? Anyways, so that was that happened. Okay, Sunshine. It's a great song. It's got Fred Durst on using fucking auto tune. It's great. I love it. Um, like Gold Cobra had some some good songs. Actually, one of my favorite songs on that. One of my favorite Olympus songs in general is Moody Boy. That's the end of the record. I think it's on the end of the deluxe edition. It's called Angels. Look it up. It's great. Um, but then Limp Bizkit had another song. It came out on Cash Money. There's a video for it. But there's no way to like listen to it otherwise. There's no single. There's no physical single. Nothing. Called Lights. And uh, with a Z at the end. I love it. It's like Limp Bizkit. It's like Fred heard I'm not afraid. And he's like, I can do that. <laughs> And I love that song. I legitimately fucking love it. And it makes me so mad that there's no other way to hear it. But Stampede of the Disco Elephants had been we talked about for fucking years and then just never happened. And now literally fucking, what, late last week? It was like, oh yeah, by the way, Limp Bizkit, there's a new record coming out and it's coming out on Halloween. Fucking trick or treat, bitch. <laughs> and I listened to it like shortly after midnight. It, it was available, and I streamed it, and I was like, this is the fucking sickest shit. I'm trying to be a little bit more nice about streaming, especially whenever something new comes out. Mostly because I don't even know if physical copies are going to be available. I haven't seen anything for it yet. But it's 12 songs. It's 32 minutes long. A couple of these tracks aren't even two minutes long. Literally three songs, back to back to back, are less than two minutes. Which is crazy to think about it. Um... But they just they 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 go. This album does not overstay its welcome. It's so fucking good. Like, I'm sorry, I, just, I spent more time on <laughs> goddamn Limp Bizkit than I ever thought about. Um, but man, I oh god, it's so fun. It's such a fun record. Like this was a left field pick because I'm getting to the point now. It's November now, and obviously I got to start really thinking about like what are my records of the year like what is my top five and it's funny because i can't really think of some stuff that came out you know earlier this year that really like you know resonated with me and i'll have to look i'll have to take the time to just look okay what came out in 2021 it's it's similar to last year fucking latter half of the year just cranking out banger after banger after fucking banger and i'm loving it so yeah I really hope that there is going to be a physical copy, a physical release of uh, the new Limp Bizkit record. I would love, I would love. This is one of the few times where I'm like, man, I really hope there is a deluxe edition somewhere and maybe they could have gotten the rights to some of those songs that, you know, came out a while ago. And some people may not like that, but I just think it would be nice to just have them. Um, I think Lights is a good song. And definitely, like, it's not something that fits with what they were doing on this record with the exception of something like goodbye. Um, like most of the stuff is your typical limp biscuit and lights is not your typical limp biscuit. 
but I just really like that song. So, so Fred Durst, uh, noted Juggalo Judgment listener, uh, please, if you can, uh, secure the rights to put out the song Lights on, like, you know, the deluxe physical version of this album that you could purchase at, like, Target. And, um, and I'll be very happy. And I'm probably just the one fan who will be happy. But you know what? If you made me happy, then that's, that's, that's worth it, right? And, uh, and yeah, also, uh, Yum Yum Bedlam come out, and, um, I got nothing to say about it, so, um, that's it. Um, if you, uh, if you want to hit me up, um, you can find me pretty much anywhere you go on the internet, um, except for OnlyFans. I have not gotten that set up yet, um, but you can hit me up on, on, on the, the Twitter, at MikeSpawnTheSEJ, or on the Instagram, Juggalo. Uh, or I could just, you know, delay the end of this episode more and talk about Yum Yum Fucking Bedlam. <sighs> well, guys, you'll know that um, on Sunday when I was supposed to release an episode, uh, I did not. Um, but thankfully, Shmeev, uh decided to take the time and listen to this record beginning to end, give you his track by track. And holy shit, did some people get really fucking confused. Me being one of them. He did not tell me he was doing that, by the way. Um, we were in the middle. God, we were, guys, we were in the middle of fucking recording. And at one point, I see him take his phone out and blah, 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 blah. And then there's a little notification from Discord saying, like, blah, 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 new mic check. I'm like, there's no new mic check. It's like, what the fuck is this, Shmee? And then after he tells me, he's like, yeah, I listened to it. He's like, I had time, so I listened to it. I, I just listened to it once, but I gave my, my review. And so then I'm listening to his episode, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is he, is he trolling me? And then he's like, just, he keeps this up. And I'm like, maybe he did listen to it, and he's just, he's hearing something that I'm not or whatever. And then it got to the fucking last minute. And I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. Ah, <laughs> uh, Shmeev, I love you. There's pretty much nobody else I would rather do this show with. Um, so I appreciate you, but fuck, man. That that got me. It really fucking did. I'm not going to go track by track. Um, I don't think that that's really what I want to do. Um, but I'm going to say I'm going to say this. I think that this is a very, very fucking strong record. I was getting a bit nervous um, whenever Wretched came out. And I, I, I genuinely do my best nowadays not to judge an entire project based off of one song. Okay. And one of the instances of that being so significant is back when Mighty Death Pop came out because we first heard Chris Benoit and there is nobody, not a single fucking person who, when Chris Benoit was released, said online, oh yeah, this is going to be fucking amazing. Nobody said that. And if you say that you say that, you're a liar. Because Everybody 
when that song came out, said, what the fuck are they doing? Not necessarily in a bad way. They said, I have no idea what they're doing now. Because it sounded nothing like anything that ICP had done before. When Wretched dropped, we listened to the track, and then we saw the video. Probably about an hour apart of, uh, from each other, because Rolling Stone actually had the track available to listen to early. And I remember listening to it and watching the video and not caring for it. I was like, I don't, I don't know what I feel about this. I was like, this sounds like it should have been on Fred Fury. Which we know my general thoughts of Fred Fury. But I said, listen, it's not right of me to judge the entire project off of one song. I can't do that these days. It's okay to have a track garner interest. But this is why I can't stand when people will hear something and immediately say, this is going to be amazing or this is going to be shit. Because it's not fair to judge that. For example, let's look at, uh, at Unlikely Prescription. The songs that were being released first are some of the more rap-centric songs on that entire record, which I think was one of the smartest things that Twisted did. Those songs sound the most similar to what a lot of the people who listen to Twisted are already familiar with, and those are bridging the gap. So whenever you get that record, yes, you have those songs that you already know sound kind of like Twisted songs that you have already known for years. And, oh, hey, they're doing these ones that are all rock, and these aren't bad. Or you can then judge them and say, no, nah, this part isn't for me. Okay, but hey, that other song, that Perfect Problem song, that's not bad. Something like that. Okay. It is very frustrating these days when you get a tiny little bit of one thing and you immediately will get to judge the entire product without hearing it. I really hate people that will give reviews on iTunes before something releases. Um, I hate and I I, I I really should stop using that word. Um, I strongly dislike the idea of making a review on iTunes before something drops. Whether you're giving it one stars or five, I don't care. I don't think that you should do that. I don't think that you should give a review of something. All right, hear me out on this. If you buy a song or an album on iTunes... You should not be able to give a review on it until you listen to it once. Okay? And, I mean, iTunes can mark, like, that you've listened to a song. Okay? So, because you're listening to this media on, typically, your phone that's connected to the internet, it can tell that you've listened to it. You should not be able to give a review on something until you've listened to it. How in the fuck are you going to have a song, an album that's not even out yet, and you've got, you know, 83 five-star reviews. How? You haven't heard it. It could be utter shit. But your five-star review has now told other people that this is a good record. 
I don't like calling out artists that I support on this. But unfortunately, I'm going to, and that's Ouija Mac. Ouija Mac does that. Yo, pre-order my album. Give it a five-star review on iTunes. How am I going to do that? I haven't heard it. I don't like your stuff just because of, you know, you're an artist that I enjoy. And as you guys have heard, I'm not a massive fan of Ouija's music. I respect the fuck out of his grind. Like, that's, I think, one of the things I like about him most. Is that he is just consistent in, in his releases. Like, I really like that about him. But you know who else I like, like that about? Buckshot. But I enjoy Buckshot's music way more. Buckshot also has some of the fucking best merch in the goddamn game. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Anyways. I don't do early reviews. I don't review something until I've heard it. And I try not to judge something before I've heard all of it. So when I heard Wretched at first, it was like, nah, I don't know if I like this. But I said, hey, the album comes out in a week. I'll find out then. I like the song Wretched more now. It's not my favorite track. But, okay, it's not bad. I've said before that Fearless Red Fury was an album that bothered me. Um... Again, it's, it's, I said this a bit earlier. I think one of the issues that I have with Fearless Red Fury is we got Fearless Red Fury and Flip the Rat at the exact same time, same day, okay? Especially if you were streaming it or you ordered it from a, from an indie store. You got a lot of fucking music at once. Now, let's take a slight step back and rewind seven years prior. In 2012, we got the Mighty Death Pop era, which is an era that I hold very close to my heart. I like Bang Pow Boom more as a Joker's card, but I like the Mighty Death Pop era more in a, in a weird way, I think. Mighty Death Pop, we got four records all on the same day. You got the bass album, you got the Mikey Clark bonus album. You got the covers album. And then you had Freaky Tales. Fuck Freaky Tales. We already know fuck that album. <laughs> but the Mighty Death Pop, the Mike Clark album, and the covers album each felt like separate records. They all felt like they stood on their own. Even if you put them pretty much all in a playlist together you pretty much knew which songs were on which album. There's some of the stuff that maybe could have been switched between Death Pop and the Mike Clark one. There's actually, like, a couple of the... One of the, like, really short songs on the Mike Clark one. I wish that was on Death Pop and not, like, either Dog Catchers or Shooting Stars. We could have had either or of those taken off. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The fact is, is those albums felt like they stood on their own. Whether they came out all on the same day or you released them a fucking year apart from each other. It doesn't matter. The problem is with Fearless Fred Fury and Flip the Rat, you put those in the same playlist, you don't know where one album starts and one album ends. 
the only thing that's really different is the tracks that have the sounds of Flip the Rat on it. There are songs that I think are better on Flip the Rat than there are on Fearless Fred Fury, and vice versa. But I could make a better Joker card out of that entire set of songs, and it's shorter, okay? I could have made something better from that set of songs. Instead, we got two albums that are, in my opinion, fairly mediocre. This record, and I've gotten about three or four listens, I can't remember which, is the most ICP Carnival sounding that we've gotten since Mighty Death Pop. Now, a lot of this is production by uh, Mythic Minds, which is typically Shaggy the Airhead and Devereaux. Uh, I think there's a couple uh, one-man crew songs on here. I can't remember everything else. Now, unfortunately, I don't have my physical copies of the album in. Um, I actually just got tracking information earlier today about them. However, Merch Now hooked me up with the wave files. Wave files. Fucking wave files. Awesome. An hour before it was available to stream. So at about just before 11 o'clock at night on Saturday night, I was able to start listening. But anyways, the intro, um, and somebody mentioned to me on, um, on Twitter, I think it was, uh, they hit us up on a DM, that this is the first Joker's card, I think, that does not have a song that is entitled uh, after the, the the Joker card's name, which is very interesting. Um, there are songs that reference it, uh, like Don't Touch That Flower, and even, I mean, yeah, that's basically it. But no, uh, no track that's titled uh, Yum Yum Bedlam. So that's interesting. Here comes the carnival, track two beautiful it is fuck it, i'll say it. this is it's peak icp i saw some people that were complaining saying it's too long now fuck you it's great <laughs> um what else i'm just trying to think of stuff immediately stands out gangsta code is just funny because they took a track that was on a boondocks song from abaddon the song moving on uh they took it and used it. <laughs> it was a Mike Peace uh, track, so they took that. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. Something to See is probably one of the shortest ending tracks uh, for a Joker's card, and yet it might be, it might be my favorite. It might be my favorite, or it's like a top five. I fucking love that track. Again, I'm not going to go uh, track by track because I still need more time to digest this. Um, but I, I, okay, so I just said that Bang Pow Boom, I think, is a better Joker's card. The era of Mighty Death Pop might have been my favorite. I talk very highly on uh, Marvelous Missing Link, Lost and Found. It's not so much that I think that they're absolutely fantastic records. Um... Because while I do enjoy them, there is some filler on there that I could do without. I could I could easily take the best songs from both of those and even um, 
the outtakes album and technically phantoms because that's that's all the same era in my opinion um i could make a single album that i think encompasses both styles better overall but i have a very strong affinity for those albums just because of where i was at mentally at the time and that is a nostalgia thing i recognize that um but those albums do hit me kind of hard they're not my favorites of the era. I at one point I kind of thought they were, but they're not. This I think is stronger than Fearless Fred Fury. I think this is stronger than both Marvelous Missing Link albums. Where this stands compared to Bang Pow Boom and Mighty Death Pop as Joker out al- uh, Joker card albums, I'm not sure yet. I think it's going to take more listens and more time to really settle on them before I can really say what I think. I'm not sure if it's better than those ones on the first couple listens, but I think they have some competition. This is the first time in, I don't even know how long, where first listen of an ICP record and I was not, like, angry. Um... Fearless Fred Fury, there was just some stuff on there that irked me. Plus the fucking last track. Was, they should have never made that song. But man, this one is just... This gives me a pretty good feeling. And what I think is a bit frustrating is... The biggest complaint that I've heard so far from a lot of people is the producer tags that are at the beginning of songs. This is very common that you hear in a lot of standard rap, but you don't hear it on ICP songs. There are people who are literally bitching that these are being featured on Joker card songs. So hearing stuff like, you know, Shaggy Their Head on the Beat or Devro, people are getting pissed. They're actually getting pissed. They're getting angry. Just why and apparently here's one thing i didn't know apparently you got to pay the producers extra to remove those tags so that's interesting but apparently it was announced now one man crew apparently was supposed to be the main producer for this record at least that's what it was announced uh, i think last year because it was supposed to be straight jacket was doing everything then he left so it was gonna be one man crew apparently only two songs have one man crew's production but he released the instrumentals that he created on youtube now i haven't heard them yet um some people in um aaron and eric's discord have and they uh, i think it was robbie said that like they sound kind of basic like these wouldn't have been there's no way they could have been like the full um the final instrumentals provided because they some of them sound kind of basic but somebody had asked him about like the producer tag because his was on there and apparently violent J wanted them in there because J wanted people to know who made those beats. Now, some people are getting very salty about hearing this because they're like, you don't hear those on an ICP song. They're not supposed to be on Joker's card, but think about this for a second. This is all falling back to the fact that people are not buying physical CDs. You're not buying physical CDs. How the fuck are you going to know? Like, 
I'm sorry. Some people don't necessarily have the ear to recognize who is on a beat. You know? I put on a Ouija Max song. I'm like, okay, this is probably Devereaux. I bet I can count down the point where Devereaux says the Devereaux. Guess what? I fucking nail it about nine times out of ten. Because I can tell. One of my favorite producers these days, and I don't listen to a lot of his stuff on his own just because I don't listen to, you know, mainstream stuff because I'm a, you know, shitty peasant. Um, I love DJ Mustard. I love his stuff. And I, I'll, I'll hear a track, and I'm like, huh, this sounds interesting. I wonder if this is DJ Mustard. And then in like three seconds, Mustard on the beat, oh, fuck yeah, it's DJ Mustard. Hell yeah, let's go. But these people are getting so fucking angry over goddamn producer tags. You can find it all on Twitter. People are bitching about it on the fucking museum, on Facebook and shit. Shut the fuck up. Just get over it. I was going to start trolling people. Um, I'm very tired of the, the tribalistic shit that we're getting. Obviously, you got people who are, you know, ISP fans versus Twisted fans and all that shit. And then you got the people who are, like, in the middle because they like both and all that shit. And... I hate the people who are very, like, <laughs> who are so quick to, you know, judge the, the people who are liking everything that M&E puts out, but then they don't like the new ICP record? You're a fucking Jeff. What's, what, what, what's, what's up with you? I thought that you were the diehard ICP fan. You're supposed to like everything that ICP puts out, right? Right? Oh, you don't? Well, then you're not a real fan. Yeah, I'll troll the fuck out of you. I don't give a fuck. I'm tired of hearing people just bitch at other people because they're enjoying something. Just fucking let people like it. Like, I don't know. I'm over that shit. It's it's getting really fucking old. And again, I haven't gotten my physical copy yet. I briefly saw a tiny bit of the pictures. Um of the booklet online, not a lot of them, but there's main one that has the, like, thank yous and shit. Like the, the special acknowledgements and shit. And there's that line towards the end. It's basically just them, without saying their names, just bitching and twisted. And it's... It's just getting old, man. It's just, it's getting old. But I'm not going to go into more of that. Fuck it. Guys, I think Yummy and Bedlam is a great album. I really do. I want people to like it. I want people to listen and enjoy it. And if, they're, if it's not their cup of tea, okay, fine. But I don't want people to immediately hate on it and tell people that it's you know the worst shit ever. Don't fucking go to people and be like, well, it's no riddle box. It's, it's not supposed to be. Just let people enjoy the fucking music, alright? <laughs> and, uh, and one more thing that I, I actually completely forgot about, and as I was talking about Yum Yum Bellum, I just remembered. Um, there was the United States of Insanity the documentary about the about ICP versus the FBI. And it was a last minute decision and decided to go and see it. And it was great. It really was.
I sat there just taking it all in the whole time. There was only like what six people I think in my uh in my theater. And um a lot of the stuff, especially like whenever they were talking about the early years, it's like, oh well I know pretty much all this. But then hearing like some of the stuff within you know when they get to talking about the FBI and the gang affiliation, I'm like, oh shit, this is this is a big deal. It was cool because at the end there was like some concert footage. It was like 20 minutes of concert footage. It was fucking cool as hell. It's going to have another, I think, another limited release in theaters, I think, sometime this month maybe. But then it's going to be on uh, like DVD and streaming or something, I think, in December. So if you missed it then, uh, just keep your eye out because I think it's really worth the watch. It's about two minutes, uh, two hours long too, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend seeing it. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think that's about it. I don't have like any major takeaways from that to add into it. Um, I think it's a really well-made documentary. So guys, go ahead and, and listen to some fun music. Just enjoy what we've been given. We've gotten a lot of a lot of new shit in such a short span of time. It's fucking crazy and awesome. But with that said, I got nothing else. So as always, we thank you for continuing to listen to Juggalo Judgment and Mike Check. Um, it means a lot. You know, um, I want to um, give another shout out to Robbie. Um, I know that the episode that dropped last week, uh, <laughs> the episode that came out with uh, with Robbie that ha- where we talked about Independence Day, um, was one of our most popular episodes that we've released up at that point. Um. I think it was like the quickest that we ever had an episode go to a hundred listens and shit like that. It was fucking crazy. Um, so Robbie, thank you. We appreciate that. And if you ever want to come back on again, let us know. We'll have you on, bud. So as always follow juggalo judgment, wherever you want, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, hit us up with an email, juggalo judgment at gmail.com. If you go to those social media sites, you can find the link tree that has everywhere you can find us. If you would like to give us money, if you'd like to give us money and you want to go and subscribe to our Patreon, you can do that. Patreon.com forward slash Juggalo Judgment. And for, you know, a couple bucks a month or more, you can you can get a little bit of extra. And just know that what you're supplying us uh, is going to go back into the podcast, you know, until we start making like a $1,000 a month, and then we're like, well, we're pocketing this bitch. <laughs> um, something else that I want to uh, men- uh, mention is I haven't looked into it as much in the last, like, probably two months or so. I've been slacking, but I am going to resume uh, looking at a um, 
a site where we can have merch. Um, for those who paid attention, I had stickers that the last Twisted show, and I gave them out. And they had our, our sweet Judgeman logo. It was pretty cool. And uh, I'd like to have that logo on some stuff that people can flaunt. Um, I originally was looking at Store Frontier, which is the one that Aaron and Eric use, which seem really good. Uh, I know Insane E just opened up his store on there because he was very impressed with the quality. Um, the issue for me is they don't go past a 3X on shirts. Um, now, I don't know how many of our listeners are of the plus size variety. However, um, I understand how difficult it can be for um, for people who are plus size uh, to have stuff that, you know, they can wear. So I think the other one that I was looking at originally was Tee Public. Um, and again, a lot of this is just you know, direct-to-consumer, um, made-to-order stuff. You know, it's less personable than, you know, us making it ourselves. However, I don't have the talent to do so. I don't have the ability. And I know we, um, there's been uh, someone who told, said, like, you know, do pre-orders for it. I don't want us to hold on to your money. I don't feel comfortable about, you know, you trusting us with that for us to get you a product to you in a reasonable amount of time. And that is why I'd rather have somebody else who is established handle that. Um, and I don't want that to, to sound, you know, like we don't want the responsibility of it. Um, it's just, it is a very uh, scary endeavor. And I don't want that to go wrong. Um, so trying to find a site that can provide that service um, and get it right on the first try is what I'm aiming for. So if anybody knows of any sites that are similar to that, that have, you know, good quality stuff. Um, I mean, I, I looked at Public just because they offer a huge range of, of products that people can get. Um, I mean, shirts-wise, you can get a bunch of different kinds of shirts and you can choose, like, what kind of shirt it is. So if you want to pay premium for a nicer shirt, then great. But granted, I mean, it's all, like, screen printed stuff. But that's beside the point. If anybody um, would like to suggest any other sites that do that and, you know, know how they really operate, please let me know. Because if somebody really wants to support Juggalo Judgment by wearing, you know, a shirt or something that's got our logo, hey, we'll... We'll fucking do it, okay? And um, that is still also one of the things that I'd like to do with the Patreon is to have a tier that has a shirt um, with an exclusive design. Now, with those, it's typically like a $20 tier, and you have to be subscribed for like at least three months. So that's only going to be for the super elite, um, you know, but that's okay. If you're not a super elite, we still love you anyways. That's okay. <laughs> Um, at this point I'm rambling and so I'm going to jump off here so again thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you as always Um, we always appreciate you guys so remember to go to those social medias go and send us reviews on iTunes and all that shit share us with your friends 
all that goodness because we want more people to check us out because we're lonely. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Much love to y'all. Peace out.